Hi, we want to welcome you to Episode 7 of the Finding Clarity Podcast. My name is George Cannon, and I'm so glad that you were taking the time to listen to this podcast on your busy schedule. Finding Clarity Podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. The whole purpose of the podcast is simply to answer questions that people have concerning Christianity. They might be questions that you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, face from others as you talk to them about your faith, or you might be seeking or you might even be antagonistic towards Christianity and you just have some questions and nobody seems to have an answer for you. We've been looking here last week, and we're going to continue on this week, looking at a question that really is pretty prevalent today as people talk about Christianity, and it's concerning their concept of God. And for a lot of people, when they look at the God of the Old and New Testament, when they look at the God of Christianity, they come away with a conclusion that God is simply a big cosmic bully. And so that's what we've been wrestling with. We looked at it last week. We're going to look at it this week. Is God a bully? Now, last week when we looked at that question, we focused on one of the accusations that points to God being a bully, and that is that how could God just simply have people groups wiped out in the Old Testament, man, woman, and child, donkeys, all animals? Why would he do that? So we've addressed that question last week. If you would like to know the answer to that part of the question, we would encourage you to go back and look at last week's podcast. This week, we're going to look at another dimension, another accusation concerning the issue of God being a big bully. And it has to do with what right does God have to send anybody to hell? Who is God that he might condemn somebody and send them to hell? That's really something that people struggle with today. Now, when we look at this question, we're going to have to approach it from several standpoints. Because you might be a Christian, and, and that's something that you wrestle with. How, why would God send anybody to hell? Isn't he a loving God? Isn't, isn't that one of the tenets that we believe about God, is that God is love? Well, if he's love, why would he send somebody to hell? So we're going to wrestle with that today and kind of try to come to a conclusion that hopefully will answer the question for you. Now, I recognize that, again, when we talk about a question like this and when we look at Christianity, the presuppositions that you have concerning Christianity are going to play a factor in whether or not you accept what I'm going to say to you. So, for instance, if you have a concept that you reject God, you reject the Bible, you reject Christianity, my answer is not necessarily going to satisfy your soul. But my task is not to try to change your mind, but maybe to give you something to think about and maybe give you something to see why the Bible shows that God has the right to send people to hell, and in doing so, he's not a bully. And we're going to see that towards the end. So, when we wrestle with this question, we need to recognize that basically people who wrestle with this question of whether or not God is a bully and how could he send somebody to hell, we need to understand that there's probably two underlying assumptions going on here. The first assumption is that a lot of people think that we're all good by nature. 
every one of us is good by nature. That's the assumption. That everybody's good, nobody's bad, everybody should make it. But the problem with that is that really does not reflect where humanity is. I'll give you a classic example of that. I'm a dad. I have four kids. And right now they range anywhere from 20 down to 13. But I, I want to think about my kids for a moment and think about when when my wife and I, when they first came into our home, when uh, when my wife gave birth to them and we nurtured them as toddlers and so forth, I, I'm going to be honest with you, we noticed something within our children that we did not teach them. And what we noticed in them is the ability to do wrong things. We didn't teach them that. We didn't teach them how to lie. We didn't teach them how to be selfish with their toys when they were playing with other kids. We didn't teach them how to hit other children or be mean to other children. We didn't teach them how to throw temper tantrums. We didn't teach them any of those things. Those things were very much a part of their nature. What, so what we realized is, is that we have kids that have a bent towards doing wrong. But most people, their concept is, is that everybody is born naturally good. And there's, in fact, everybody's good except for a few bad apples. The other thing, the other assumption is, is that we don't deserve to be punished. Basically, that's the concept that, yeah, I might do some wrong things, but my wrong things aren't bad enough to be punished. So, yeah, I broke the law. Officer, can't you give me a break? Yeah, I was driving way past the speed limit, but, you know, hey, you know, these circumstances, you know, I'm struggling this week. You know, I had somewhere to go. Can't you give me a break? Because I really don't deserve this ticket. And that's the concept that we operate on. And so for us to think about that, man, there is an accountability that's coming and God will send people to hell. That's a little bit too much for some people to grasp because, hey, you know, the things I do bad, they're not, they're not that bad. Everybody does them. I don't deserve to be punished. In fact, that's very much reflective in our society today, isn't it? that nobody is responsible for anything and nobody deserves that kind of punishment. So we start off right off the bat with two assumptions. And so therefore, if you held those assumptions, the concept of a God being willing and rightfully declaring that people are going to go to hell is too much for us to handle. Because who does he think he is doing that? Well, I guess at this point I need to kind of tell you why God can do that. It really starts all the way back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, we see that God creates the first man and woman. He creates them perfect, puts them in a perfect environment. At that stage, they don't do anything wrong. He basically allows them to function within their world, tells them that they have access to anything except one thing. They can't eat the fruit of a certain tree. Now, we see in chapter 3 that that the woman is deceived by the serpent or by Satan, and she then encourages her husband to partake in the sin of 
eating from this tree. Now, God had warned them if they ate from that tree, they would surely die. Now, that death has basically two aspects to it. It's going to be a physical death, and we understand that even to this day, that there is physical death. People die around us. We're going to die one day. So there's physical death, but there's also another dimension to that death, and that's spiritual death. Because of sin, the rightful punishment for our sin is death and hell, or ultimately what the what the book of Revelation would describe being cast into the lake of fire. Now you say, well, wait a minute, George, surely, hold on a second. I don't, I just, is, is anybody that bad to be cast into hell? Yeah. In fact, Paul wants to show us that in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. Now, if you go to those verses, he starts off with an introductory comment in verse 18, for he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That's really an introductory statement to what he's going to describe here is basically three groups of people who are condemned for their rejection of God, which results in sin. He then sums it all up in chapter 3, verse 9 through 20, by talking about all humanity being condemned. What's going on here? What's going on here is this. Human beings, by nature, are born with a concept of rejecting God. And therefore, because of that rejection of God, we will be cast into the lake of fire. And because of our unbelief, our rebellion against God, we're going to be cast up. Now, what God, what gives God the right to do that? Well, God is the one who set up the system. A perfect God who basically set up the system of obeying Him, of serving Him, of loving Him. But we rebelled against Him. We rebelled against, Adam and Eve rebelled against one law. God's Provision wasn't good enough for them. They had to do it on their self. So what we see here is that our pride, our rebellion against God, brings judgment upon ourselves. And God has the right to do that. Just like the state has the right to dis- declare what the speed limit is. And when you break that speed limit, they have the right to give you a ticket for that. Or the state has the right to prosecute somebody who murders someone and then put them in jail for the rest of their lives. The state has that right. God has the right to administer justice. Now, you say, well, okay, well, you're still pointing to the fact that he's a bully. Because that just seems so heavy-handed. He set up the system. Human beings send themselves to hell because of their sin. He set up the system. What a bully. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. He's not a bully. And I'm going to tell you two reasons why he's not a bully. I'm going to tell you, first of all, from the standpoint of humanity, why being cast into hell is not, in a sense, being a bully. And then I'm also going to tell you from the standpoint of what God has done for us, because no bully would do this. So let's talk about it from the human standpoint. The concept of retribution, the concept of holding people accountable, holding their feet to the fire, concerning the things that they do, is actually something that we demand. What do you mean, we demand? Well, think about it for a moment. 
The whole concept that people are accountable for what they do and what they do wrong is actually something that the rest of us demand. So, for instance, let's take someone who's maybe hurt you. Think for a moment. You don't have to think very long. If you think about someone who's hurt you deeply, profoundly, has sinned against you, there is within you a pain and an eagerness that somehow that person be held accountable. In fact, that sense of accountability that they deserve to be held accountable for what they did against you drives some people to seek retribution or revenge. But we often see in the Bible that it says that, you know, we shouldn't seek revenge, that vengeance belongs to God. What does that mean, vengeance belongs to God? Well, God holds everyone accountable. God will deal with everyone according to the things that they've done. So in a real sense, we demand that people be held accountable for the things that they do wrong. That includes the person who maybe feels that God is a bully. All you have to do is look at the next time someone does them wrong, how do they respond to that? Is their response of wanting retribution against the person who does them wrong a concept of a bully? Are they being a bully because they want that person to pay? No, they're not. They just want fairness. They want what their sense of fairness that somebody paid for the wrong that was done to them. Okay, so that's the first standpoint from a human perspective. God's not a bully. He's just holding people accountable. Number two, God's not a bully because of this, and this is probably the most important reason why. Yes, humanity is condemned. Yes, humanity sends itself to hell because of its rebellion and sin against God. But I don't know of a bully that would provide a way for humanity to maybe not go to hell because they took the second chance that God offered them. See, God offers all humanity a second chance. God offers all humanity forgiveness, the removal of sin, the penalty being paid for by someone else. Who's that someone else? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took upon our sin and basically paid the price for our sin. He took the retribution that God demanded for our sin. He took the penalty on himself so that we could have eternal life. Now that really does not sound like a bully to me. A bully doesn't provide an opportunity for you to escape the responsibility that you have for your sin because he took that responsibility on himself. Now again, as we wrestle with this question, I know that some of you are not going to like what I said. That's fine. All I'm asking you to do is to think about it. Because the fact of the matter is, the ultimate question when it comes to the concept of who is God to be able to do these things, really, the deeper question is, is are you responsible for the things that you do wrong? And a lot of times, we don't want to be responsible. Because again, we have this assumption that everyone's good, Nobody deserves that. Number two, what I do wrong doesn't deserve that type of thing. But you know what? Can I be honest with you? If you really thought about that, that's not satisfying either. 
Because think about it for a moment. I told you that we demand retribution for the things that people do against us. So therefore, the concept of God sending the people to hell is something that we want to have happen for repayment of things that were done to us. What if the person who did you wrong had the attitude, well, hey, yeah, I hurt you, but it's really no big deal. It's really not an issue. You just really need to get over that. It doesn't deserve your feelings of anger, your feelings of retribution. That's something to think about. You know, we're going to look at this question a little bit further next week in the podcast, in episode 8. We're going to look at the concept of God being a bully from one other perspective, and that is, what about those who've never heard of Jesus? Isn't God being a bully by sending people to hell who've never heard about Jesus Christ? We're going to look at that next week. Again, we we thank you for listening. We want to encourage you to listen to the Finding Clarity podcast. We have several means of you being able to listen to that. You can listen to it on the Kerwinsville Christian Church app, which is located on the iOS app store or on Google Play, so you can listen to it and not miss anything on the podcast by downloading that app. Plus, you are basically able to see what's going on at our church and hear other messages and so forth. You can go to our website, www.kerwinsvillechristian.org and you can hear the podcast there. You can also contact us through the contact page if you have a question and we'll be glad to maybe answer it here on the podcast. You can also come to our church. If you don't have a church home and you're seeking God and you want to go to an atmosphere that's not threatening, we would encourage you to come to a service here at Kerwinsville Christian Church on 700 State Street. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1045 Service is pretty casual. You can come as you are, and we hope that you would come and find Jesus Christ. Until next week, we trust that your week's going to be good, and we thank you for listening. Have a good day.